0: It's uh, it's so good to be here. I'm so glad. Uh, It's such a privilege to have the opportunity to come and share with you this morning about the the work of compassion. But I want to start with a little bit of a time of confession. Uh, I first connected with Nick about 18 months ago and he uh, he invited me to release 2023. And we had a stand at the back. But this story starts about a week before that. I'd been invited to speak at the church that I grew up in. Now, it's a church that I hadn't been back to in about 25 years. I left as a teenager. Uh, And so when I went there, most of the people uh, didn't know me. A few people knew me as a child, but didn't really know me as an adult. But most of the people didn't know me. And so to get to know me, uh, the, the person leading the service thought they play a game of this or that. You might know it as Would You Rather. I don't know if you're familiar with that game. And it's a quick fire game where they say things like, Would You Rather Pepsi or Coke? Would you rather go to the beach or go on a walk? And you have to, without thinking, you have to really quickly answer that question. And one of the questions she asked was, would you rather Tim Hughes or Graham Kendrick? And without thinking, I said Tim Hughes. And I got a little bit of a pang of guilt uh, as I said that. Because my mom, who was in the congregation that day, loves Graham Kendrick. And Graham Kendrick is also an ambassador for compassion. Uh, and, and he's a big advocate for our ministry. He gives generously to our ministry. He's, he's a, I mean, anyone who knows and has met Graham knows just what an incredible servant-hearted man he is. And what an incredible impact he's had. But I came here then a week later and I arrived to see that who was leading worship that day but Graham Kendrick. But it got even worse than that. And in one of the the sessions, I thought, I I could do with a wee, so I'm going to slip out and go to the toilet. I was kind of sat at the back, so I snuck out, and I went to go into the men's toilet, and bang, I almost knocked Graham Kendrick over. I was standing face to face, eyeball to eyeball with Graham. And it was almost as if I was looking at Jesus himself and he was saying, Simon Peter, do you love me? So that scripture that says, put a watch on your mouth, took on a whole new meaning to me. So I feel released having confessed that to, to you all today. But I'm here to talk about compassion. And I know I've spoke to a few people already today that have been long-term supporters of compassion. But for anybody who doesn't know who compassion are, compassion are a child development ministry. And our mission is to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. Uh, And we work in 29 different countries uh, around the world, in Central and South America, across Africa and in Asia as well. Uh, And we've been doing that for 70 years. That's an incredible period of time. And we've seen a million children graduate through our projects in that time. And today, by the grace of God, we have 2.3 million children in program right now. And those programs are run, delivered by a local church. Compassion don't go into a community and open up an office or send people in. We find a local church that's already serving the poor and the children in their community. And we just come alongside them in partnership and help equip and empower them to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to serve their community and bring those children that are most in need. Now, 2.3 million children is, is amazing, isn't it? What a huge number of people. But did you know that today, 356 million children are living in extreme poverty right now? And because of a toxic combination of COVID and climate change and conflict and the cost of living crisis that we're all feeling, that number for the first time in decades is actually growing again. And so compassion have been working for 70 years and we've been doing the same thing for that 70 years. We don't, we don't look at the bigger picture in, in, in such ways. We look at individual children. We begin with a child. We do it one child at a time. And that's how we've got to 2.3 million children. We've done it one child at a time. Our ministry started with somebody going and seeing poverty in a way that they'd never seen before and going back and sharing it with their community at home. And that's what we do today. We get in front of conferences and churches and we tell people about the plight of children. And so I really want to encourage you today to consider coming alongside one child and to help release them from poverty in Jesus' name. Now, it costs £32 a month to sponsor a child. Now, that may seem like a lot of money. It may not seem like a lot of money. It's about a pound a day. But poverty, extreme poverty, is defined as living on less than $2.15 per day. So for many of the children, many of the families, the households that we work with, that one pound a day could, in effect, be doubling their household income. Imagine if you got word tomorrow from somebody on the other side of the world that they wanted to bless you, they wanted to invest in you and your family, and they were going to double your household income. What an impact that would have on you, what that would mean to you that a stranger on the other side of the world. You know, when we watch the news at the moment, we see things and we think, how can I make a difference? How can I make a change? I can't even put a dent in this problem. But I would challenge you to say, what you would do for the many, do for the one. Now, you're going to hear three voices this morning, and mine is by far the least important of those voices. We're going to hear in a moment a, a testimony of a child that was sponsored. He's, he's an adult now. We're going to watch a video from a guy called Richmond, and he's going to share his incredible testimony of the impact sponsorship had on his life. And then, as Nick said, Jenny's going to come up, and she's going to share her perspective as someone who sponsors. And Nick is absolutely right. You can make a transformational difference in the life of a child. But I would just add to that, that it can also make a transformational difference in your own life. Because as we uh, serve God, as we follow what he says, as we seek his will, God blesses us as we do that as well. But above all the voices that you'll hear today, there is only one voice I want you to listen to, and that's the voice of his spirit. This isn't about me. This isn't about feeling guilt or shame or obligation to, to respond This is about listening to God, opening your hearts and your minds to what God is saying to you today. And maybe for some of you, this is a step that you've never taken. Maybe you've come here actually with a need. You've come here saying, God, I've been praying for this for so long. Why haven't you answered? Maybe you've come and you're saying, God, I'm really struggling in my finances right now. I was drawn this morning as we were worshipping to Isaiah 58, I'm just going to read from verse 6 really quickly. It says, Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? To set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide poor the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. When we reach out to bless others, when we look beyond ourselves, even when we have needs of our own that we're desperate for, when we step out in faith and say, God, as Ian said, this doesn't make sense to me In my time right now, but I'm just going to step out in faith and do this. God honors that. So I would really encourage you. And we're going to give you an opportunity to sponsor as we go to lunch. And I'll explain how we can do that and what we'd like you to to do. But first, let's, let's watch this incredible video from Richmond. This is his story.
1: When I was eight years old, my father was taken away from us. And by that I mean he was murdered. Nothing was the same for me. News began to come to our doorstep. From our landlord, we got word that we couldn't stay in the house that we stayed anymore because we couldn't afford it. My mother had no job, my father was the only breadwinner. We moved from where we stayed to a place called Naguru Kasenke, which is one of Uganda's largest slums. And then I was introduced to our new home, which was a 12 by 12 room. I looked up on the roof. It was a tin roof that had holes in it. I've been to places where when it rains, people are happy, they get excited. But for me growing up, whenever it rained, that was a night that would stay standing, get little buckets, place just where the holes in the roof are and wait until morning. A reality hit me that day. This was life. I remember when my mom said to us, there was no money for food. That ushered us into a place where we were now going to begin to go to the street to fend for food. Hunger began to set in. Lack of water. I was a kid. I... I didn't have time to be a child anymore. As I lived like this on a daily basis, poverty began to speak to me as a child. I felt I was nothing. I didn't matter. Nobody cared to know my name. I think the best way I could describe who I was and what I thought is the word hopeless. My mother, in tears, uh, approached one of her friends just to share with her friend. And her friend shared with her about compassion. Compassion staff members immediately came to our home. Uh, I remember them coming with uh, just uh, files to, to, to get details of who we were, what our story was. I got the news that a young lady, Heather, she was 15 years old, a teenager. She had decided to sponsor me. I cannot find the words to describe the joy that filled our home when we got the news. Richmond, you've got a sponsor, which means you can now go back to school. It means food will be given to us because of you. I began to walk into that reality that ushered in me an opportunity to rekindle this hope that was taken away. Heather began to write to me, to hear words like, Richmond, I love you, Richmond, I'm praying for you. They began to bring healing into places that were destroyed by voices and poverty and my self-image. I remember my day, June the 3rd, 1996. I walked forward to accept the Lord Jesus in my heart. I began to feel, wow, I have been released from poverty. I have been released. God began to continue to grow the leadership within me. And then I felt fully called to pursue pastoral ministry. I began the Pastors Discipleship Network, a ministry that exists to train and equip pastors. And I spent a lot of my life training and equipping pastors in the Word of God. Looking back, into my life and thinking where I am right now and what I am doing, I don't think any of this would have been possible without compassion. Compassion works. Everything that was placed within the program has helped build me to who I am right now. Poverty is not just the lack of money, the lack of material, food and water. Poverty is in. It's deep. I credit a lot of how I feel now about myself to those letters that I received from my sponsor. My name is Richmond Wanderer, and I was released from poverty in Jesus' name.
0: I sent this video uh, across to Matt a couple of days ago. And he replied back saying, oh, I listened to a podcast called The Overcomers Podcast, of you may know it. And they had Richmond on and I hadn't heard this podcast. So yesterday afternoon, I gave it a listen. And he told his story, the podcast is about half an hour long, so we told his story in uh, much more detail than that, that video. And one thing he said really, really struck me. Every child, we've got some children here that are looking for sponsors and every child has a registration number that's on the back of this document. And Richmond Uh, still to this day he's in his 40s now knew his registration number and what he said was when he became part of the compassion project when he got whenever he got ill he had malaria 10 times as a child whenever he got ill he didn't need to go to his local church he didn't need to go and ask anybody he just went straight to the medical center or straight to the hospital and he just gave them his compassion number And they would treat him, they would take care of him and make sure he had the medicine he needed to to get better. And the hospital would just say, don't worry, compassion have taken care of the bill. That's the privilege that we have when we come alongside a child, that we give them the resources that we need, that we say, it's on me. If you need to go and see a doctor, you don't have to worry about the cost. It's on compassion, it's on me. What a privilege. God doesn't need our help. But he, he chooses, he chooses to partner with us, to be his hands and feet to those living in need around the world. And we've already heard about taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. This, this is a tangible way for you to do that. And as Paul said, that, that need for a spiritual father. This is a great opportunity for you to be. Maybe you're looking for a spiritual father, like Paul was. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to be that spiritual father father for a child living in poverty now you've heard from Richmond you've heard the perspective of a child but as I said actually when you when you bless others God blesses you and God does incredible things to you in that journey too so I'd love to invite Jenny to come up and just to share her testimony of being a sponsor
2: Yeah, so just one clarification. When my husband Ian spoke earlier, it was um, an upheaval, but it wasn't a country across the other side of the world. It was from Scotland to England, but nevertheless, it it was still an upheaval. So I just thought I'd clarify that. (laughs) Yeah, I want to thank James again for joining us at Release once again, and I'm delighted. We're delighted to be supporting Compassion this year. It's particularly close to my heart as we sponsor a child in Peru. This came about following a Compassion Church presentation at Knighton Evangelical Church here in Leicester, and it was January 2018. We chose Marco because of my love of the story of Paddington Bear, and we all know he came from darkest Peru. There was nothing, or at least we thought there was nothing spiritual about it, but there obviously was, as, we, as you'll hear later. I remember the first letter I received. I was sitting at my desk one evening, and it came through by email and how thrilled I was to hear from Marco. By sponsoring a child, as you've heard from James, you're enabling them to have uniforms, supplies, and fees that they need to go to school. It also enables them to attend a compassion project run by a local church, and here they learn social, vocational, and educational skills, as well as receive medical checkups. Schools in Peru are very different to the schools we have here. A lot are exposed to the elements, no windows, and very little by way of educational material. That was a school that we actually visited uh, in in 2019. And I couldn't believe it when I walked in. You could see up through the roof and it just was something, something else. When we started sponsoring Marco, I never imagined I'd be able to visit him. And for a lot of people here, they won't have the opportunity either. But I know the visit was an amazing experience. There is so much more to it than that. By sponsoring a child, you're giving them opportunities that they wouldn't normally have. So how did we manage to visit Marco? Well, Ian and I were going on a mission trip to Lima in September 2019. And I never imagined that I would ever visit South America. You see, we all heard about red-list countries during COVID, but I'd had a long list of red-list countries long before COVID was ever heard of, and Peru was definitely one of them. But I felt that God was telling me to go with Ian. So we put the arrangements in place to meet with Marco, and he and his dad travelled about eight hours on a bus, and we spent the day with them, and the compassion interpreter, Maritza. We soon discovered that there are many things that we take for granted that Marco hasn't experienced. He came to the top of the elevator, and he froze. (laughs) And it was just, we couldn't understand what was going on, and Muretza said he's never been on an escalator before. It was just mind-blowing. I found this quite incredible, and his dad had only visited Lima previously as a young adult. It made me wonder how old he would have been before he'd actually visited Lima, You could tell he was very overwhelmed. Maritza told us that it's quite unusual for people to choose an older child. Marco was 11 years old at the time we sponsored him, as most people choose children about three to four years old. They told us that an American man had previously sponsored Marco, but he'd stopped suddenly. He sent a gift and they were told he was no longer continuing. They were extremely disappointed, as you can imagine, because as we've heard from James, that means that their contact with the Compassion Project stops. It meant he couldn't go any longer, and so he prayed every night that someone would sponsor him. We asked him how long that he prayed, and he told us only one month. How amazing. God is good. And although we chose Marco because of Paddington Bear, God had heard Marco's prayers and he'd answered them. During lunch, we spoke about Jesus, and Ian asked if he'd received Jesus into his heart. He said he hadn't, but he knew he needed to repent and have his sins forgiven. I was somewhat surprised, and if I'm honest, disappointed, because a lot of his letters quoted verses of scripture, etc. One of the gifts we'd given him was a Spanish, English, New Testament, and Psalms. He told us at the table that he has a Bible and he reads it, which was very encouraging. We both felt that we'd like to chat later, but it wasn't the right time. So we had dessert and then we went on to several sports shops to look for football boots as we would promised to buy him a pair. He knew exactly what he was looking for, but every shop we went into didn't have the ones he was looking for. I was praying that we'd find some soon as by by this time we'd walked from the beach plaza where we'd had lunch right back to the centre of the city, from our, not far from our hotel. Eventually we found a huge sports shop and he immediately made a beeline for the bright yellow pair, tried them on and they were perfect. So this again was an answer to prayer. As we left the shop, Maritza said, this is the hardest part, saying goodbye. We suggested having a coffee and yes, there's Dunkin' Donuts in Lima. So we left and we went into Dunkin' Donuts. While we were having coffee, Ian gave him a bracelet with coloured beads that we'd been using in the schools when talking to the pupils, just exactly like this. This is my one. I wore it the whole trip. The gold bead represents God creating the world. Black represents the sin coming into the world. Red is Jesus' shed blood on the cross. White, the cleansing of our sins by the blood. Green represents new life and new and growth and finally another gold representing eternity with God he shared this with Marco and he immediately started crying God was already working so Ian asked him if he'd like to receive Jesus he said he would Ian prayed with him and he repeated it Maritza then told us that he said I have Jesus in my heart now God had placed us in Lima. Sorry, yes, you're right, Nick. I do get emotional. (laughs) God had placed us in Lima for that very purpose. It was amazing. He went through the colored beads again and remembered what they all meant. It was very emotional, very special, and an incredible ending to a very special day. We were all in tears. (laughs) It had been my dream to meet Marco, so we're so thankful that Compassion made it possible. And hearing Marco and his dad many times during the day tell us how much it meant to them was so wonderful. For both of us, it's truly a blessing to be able to make a difference in Marco's life. During our week of mission, one of the churches we visited ran a compassion project. So now we have a much better understanding of how important this is to the children. At the Jewel Conference last year, that's our ladies' conference we hold in September, our theme was the blossom Tree, You see, men, you get a great lunch, which you're going to enjoy shortly, but the ladies are treated to a beautifully decorated church. The theme theme for the blossom tree came about from a personal experience I shared at one of our planning meetings. Many years ago, I'd been given a small tree in a pot at a business conference. It was a cherry blossom. But when I took it home, Ian didn't think it was worth planting, It was from a pension company, and it seemed a bit of a promotional gimmick. And the idea was that if you start a pension from a small pot of money, it will eventually grow into something bigger. So we planted the tiny cherry blossom, and now, many years later, it's a large, strong tree in our garden. You see, God makes us all different with different skills, and just as that tree grew from virtually nothing, we all grow and blossom with his help and enabling During lunch, you'll have the opportunity to see the photos of the children and their profiles, and i would urge you to pray whether you feel this is something you could do. Maybe financially this would be a burden, so perhaps you could consider it with someone else or as part of a home group. You may not ever have the opportunity to visit your sponsor child, but I can assure you that sponsorship really does make a difference to these children, and supporting them, just like the cherry blossom, you are labelling them such a great start in life to grow and have the opportunity to go on and do amazing things for God. So, thank you for listening.
0: What an incredible testimony! Just one really quick question. What would you say to somebody today that's thinking about sponsoring a child? What would, what would be your advice to them?
2: Well, f- sorry. First of all, I'd say don't just think about it, do it. <laughs> but it, 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 is, it is somebody who becomes part of your family, even though you may never visit them. We were privileged. Uh, the boys used to joke, I've got two sons here today, and they used to bro- joke about the brother they'd never met. But at Jewel, my son and daughter-in-law sponsored a child. And the very next morning, my little, <laughs> emotional, my little granddaughter, Fliss, came in and was talking about the little girl. And I said, oh, yes, it was, it's, it's Na- Naeli, isn't it? And I, Omi had sent me a photo. And I said, this is Naeli. Yes, she's family. And that's what I would say to you. You're taking somebody into your family. You're supporting them. You're giving them a great start in life. And so, please, prayerfully consider it. Thanks, Jane.
0: Oh, bless you. Thank you. So, before Nick gives you the all-important instructions around lunch. We've got some profiles of some children here today and you're going to walk past our stand. And what I'd just encourage you to do is just to, as you go past, if you feel that you're considering doing this, why don't you take one of the profiles and we've got boys and girls, we've got... um Children as young as one year, year old, we've got some 18 year olds that, that have probably lost their sponsor and looking just to see them through for the last few years. So if you've got a heart for a particular age group or a particular part of the world or anything like that, why don't you come and just pick up a profile and as uh, you spend your time at lunch, why don't you just take five minutes of that time and just to read about that child, about their family, about their community. And if you feel, just pray over them. And if you, if you end up bringing the profile back and giving it back to us, that's absolutely fine. Your prayers have incredible power. So why don't you take a profile and pray. And if you feel led to, you can go ahead and sponsor the child. There's just a couple of details on the form to fill in. Grab a pen, fill them in, bring it back to us on the stand and start your journey with a child. Nick. Nick.